Welcome back to the Fit Dad Club podcast. You're here with Travis Jones and Jason Barrett. Jace, how are you doing today, mate? Feeling fresh, doing good. I came off the back of my first run in my series of learning how to run uh, and and just kind of jogging better, right? As much as I've talked shit about, you know, oh, running's, you know, not great for your, your knees and your hips and it's not like the best form of cardio. It's also like, you know, kids run around and they want to run around and they want dads who can run around with them and chase after them and, and be faster than them and shit. So I'm like, I've, I've bit the bullet and I've put it out publicly that I am learning how to run better and faster and, and all the, all the above. So feeling good, no injuries yet. Day one. Mate, hundred percent. As you know, we've talked about, like I, I run not for the sake of running. I run so I can dominate my children as long as I possibly can. Um, we talked about that, that Instagram thing yeah. we saw the other day. It's like, yeah. I want my, I want my son to be like 28 and me still dominating him. Like, uh, that, <laughs> in my, a foot my, race. Exactly. Yeah. My goal in life is to dominate my children as long as possible. And they're like, oh, but what? You should let your kids win. It's like, no, they need to learn the yeah. real world. Their dad yeah. is going to try and out-train them until I break down and they can beat me. And I was like, now yeah. I'll pass the torch onto you. Yeah, exactly exactly i'm i'm kind of the same way with video games personally i'm like look i'm i'm gonna i'll give them all the tools available but i want yeah. to be able to beat them at tekken mario kart any like mortal Kombat, whatever i'll fucking annihilate them uh, until they're ready i'm gonna teach them the, the the hand-eye coordination the fine motor skills exactly so guys to, today we're talking about something we get asked all the time um, and also some people are confused about when to do each of these things. Um, and that's where it's talking about what is a cut and when should you cut as far as go into a fat loss phase? Um, mm. When should you bulk or when should you go into a muscle gaining phase or a maintenance phase or when we can just maintain our results if that's a focus? Or there is also the fourth one, which is a, a, like a slower body recomposition phase, which is somewhat losing fat and gaining lean muscle at the, at the same time. Now, that probably sounds the sexiest for most people, mm. but is the, probably the most demotivating out of all of them because there is the slowest way to get something. Um, mm. So, you know, it might sound sexy, but it's not that sexy. So the first thing, Jace, um, is I want to talk about cut, like when to cut. Um, mm. which is, you know, essentially referring to a fat loss phase, which I would say 95% of people listening to this podcast um, need to be in, okay? So the goal is inside a, a cut or inside a fat loss phase is to lean out, okay, to decrease body fat as much as you possibly can um, whilst maintaining lean muscle mass. So this requires a calorie deficit, so you're losing weight but requires us to make sure we're doing a couple of little nuances to retain, if not gain some lean muscle mass for beginners and novices whilst just dropping serious amounts of fat. So I think that's essentially what we look at with a fat loss phase or a cut phase. Um, hmm. Now for advanced people, you know, you're probably not going to gain lean muscle mass in the cut. You probably even lose a little bit of lean muscle mass in the cut. That's why, you know, all the novices and the beginners out there listening to this or people who have had a bit of a time off the gym, it's why you should nail your training and nail your nutrition when you first get back into it because that's when you're primed to gain some lean muscle mass and lose body fat at the same time. Yeah, I think um, I've spoken to a number of guys about this that are just getting started or getting back into it after a while. Like, I wish I had me as a coach when I was 16, 17, 18, just getting into this, because I did all sorts of stupid shit with my training. But if I had, you know, 
making the, made the most of it and had a coach who was going to, you know, teach me, all right, let's do the big compound lips and we'll, you know, we'll make sure we have a progressive overload and we'll get in week and week and, and, you know, get enough volume in there to get the growth going. I would have gotten far better results in that initial phase. But as Travis said, cut a deficit, fat loss phase, all kind of means the same thing, which means you're eating in a calorie deficit. Your goal is more so skewed towards losing body fat um, to reveal the the muscle that's underneath. So that is, as Trev said, it's relevant for pretty much like 95% of guys that are going to be listening to this, dropping a little bit of extra body fat, unless you can see like, you know, pre almost clearly like the top four abs, like I checked in the mirror today, I've been on four weeks of the mini cut. I can now see sort of my top four abs. And if I flex, it kind of all comes together. Um, so I'm like, cool. I know now that from my bulk face, I'm, I've maintained being about four weeks away from visible abs, which I'm pretty happy with. Um, so when it comes to your own goals, if you if your goals are at all health related, physique related, then a cut is going to be the best thing because losing excess body fat is one of the biggest improvers in all your health markers that you can do. Excess, you know, the key being excess, right? We're not getting down to five percent, three percent as like a bodybuilder, right? But that excess body fat dropping that is going to be the biggest improver in your health. It's going to be the biggest improver in your, um, you know, your energy and all of the other things because you're not carrying around that excess stuff. So for most people, cut is going to be your go to, right? Now. In terms of, I guess, a longer vision of a cut, that's when you might start to think about introducing uh, periodic maintenance phases, right? Periodic phases of um, eating at maintenance calories, which is what the name suggests, so eating a little bit more. Because if you go on a cut for a very, very, very long time, that can be, number one, psychologically pretty demotivating. Number two, your hunger hormones can start to kind of get a little bit out of whack, start to get sort of um, a little bit uh, too much um, you know, too much hunger hormones, too, too many hunger signals going on and becomes a little bit hard. So psychologically coming back up to maintenance, physically, physiologically going back up to maintenance, getting some more glycogen in, getting some more um, fuel in for your muscles, for your training sessions. So you can get some energy back, right? Refueling yourself, getting some sleep and then going back into deficit. So it's in terms of the, the bigger picture version of a cut is where you might introduce a couple of uh, maintenance phases for a couple of weeks just to kind of um, reset yourself a little bit and to give yourself a bit of a, a bit of a reprieve. Completely agree, mate. And I think, you know, people think of this, you know, if you haven't tracked calories before, um, when we're going into a track, uh, going into a cutting phase, you know, we, what we measure, we manage in life and we're going into a cut. We want to actually measure our calories so we can manage them. So we understand what we're eating. So we can know, are we eating in a calorie maintenance or are we eating a calorie deficit? You know, your body burns a certain amount of calories on a daily basis, which is total daily energy expenditure. If we eat below that, so say 500 calories a day below that, you're going to lose about half a kilo a week. Um, and that's just is what it is. It takes 7,700 calories to burn a kilo of body fat or a kilo of weight. So we have to understand how many calories you're going to be eating. And then we need to subtract a certain amount of calories off that to start losing weight. Now, the optimal the optimal amount of weight you should be losing on a weekly basis so to preserve lean muscle mass is about 1% total body weight per week. When you're a little bit more overweight, I go the more the aggressive side to 1.5%. So if you're like 120 kilos and carrying a bit more blubber, then we want to be losing somewhere about 1.7 um, kilos per week. If you're, you know, maybe you're a little bit leaner, you only got like 10 kilos to lose, you're 90 kilos, um, then we want to go around that 900 grams per week. And I'd be happy with that. 
knowing that you get to your goal within about 10 weeks. So, and then if we're getting on the leaner side of things, and this is when we're coaching people, um, you know, towards getting abs or towards getting the most athletic and healthiest version of them, when they start getting like, you know, 11, 12, 13% body fat, maybe top couple of abs are starting or top like visible abs are starting to come through. We look about 0.5% per week of body weight because we're going to, we want to, essentially make sure that we're preserving lean muscle mass because as we get leaner the ability to lose lean muscle mass is higher because there's less fat mass to essentially burn off you know at the end of the day your body is literally cannibalizing itself um Mm. on a daily and weekly basis and that's what a cut is it's breaking down your tissue and that's why we want fat tissue to be broken down not muscle tissue and that's why this is science not hocus pocus bullshit so we're not manifesting fucking bullshit here. We're actually focusing with protein, making sure we're focusing with specific training regimes and also not like, you know, guessing how many calories we're eating because we can go, well, we've hit a plateau. We want to be at 1% total body weight per week. We need to make a change in our calories. And I think that's why we track at the end of the day so we can make specific um, data-driven decisions, not, hmm. you know, hypothetical uh, wind change, let's lose uh, more calories sort of decision. So we have to have data-driven decisions. And that means it's specific. It means we go, okay, I know you're eating 1,800 calories. I know you're eating 2,000 calories a day, 14,000 calories a week. We know that we can go down by another 10% off that. We can drop down to 1,800 calories. We're going to drive you straight into a calorie deficit and you're going to keep losing that weight at a great rate inside this cut. So data is the most you know driven thing. If you're eating a certain amount of calories at the moment and you're not losing, say, 1% total body weight per week, then we want to make sure that you're going to go into a slightly more aggressive calories, like drop 100 calories off the board each day and you're going to start to drop that little bit more weight each week. And I think that is a big thing. Now, last thing I want to say when I pass off over to you, Jace, is guys, on the lower end of things, when you're in a cut, make sure you're eating 1.5 grams of protein per kilo. Like a lot of my guys coming on to start with, you know, they're eating like, you know, 0.6 grams per kilo or 0.8 grams of protein per kilo. Now, they're going to lose higher amounts of lean muscle mass with that, or they're doing a lot of running or just doing some bodyweight training. Now, bodyweight training is fine for the first four to six weeks if you can't get access to a gym or you don't have um, dumbbells or anything like that. But after that, it's push them towards making sure they get dumbbells so we can actually put more resistance because we need to put resistance against the muscle. We need to make sure that we're actually having enough protein. So we're giving the amino acids to the muscle. So we're not losing muscle mass. So 1.5 grams of protein per uh, 1.5 grams of protein per kilo body weight. So if you're hundred kilos, you want to be eating about 150 grams of protein all the way up to about 2.2. Don't mind people going up to say again, 220 grams of protein um, as well. You know, protein has a higher thermic effect of food. You know, it's burnt off more by digestion, which helps fat loss as well. So hmm. it's a caveat. We must be eating enough protein and doing some form of resistance training. If we're just going for runs, we're not going to hold lean muscle mass and you're just going to lose total weight, which means you're fat right now and you're just going to end up being skinny fat. Yeah. No one wants to be skinny fat. You know, you have tiny, these stick thin arms and a little bit of a pot belly. It's not a good look on anyone or you go hardcore and then you end up looking like a marathon runner, which again, some people want that physique. Some people don't, you know, Trav's a marathon runner. Look at him. He's a a unit. So you, you want to be, 
eating in a deficit. You want to have to maximize your pro this. If you, if you've ever wondered why the fitness industry and, you know, TikTok and Facebook and all these things, they have such a focus on protein intake. This is why, right? You've got a, a, such a disproportionate positive effect from increasing your protein intake, not only from fullness, but from preserving your muscle mass. You know, there's essential amino acids, obviously, which help promote muscle growth and muscle retention, which is very important because if you don't do that, then, you know, a lot of guys are like, oh, you know, I don't really want to be like Arnold. I don't want to be, I just want to tone, right? This is something that we get from a lot of guys. I just want to be toned. How do you create tone? You need to, first of all, have enough muscle mass there to, you know, for something to be toned around, right? Like if you wrap a glad wrap around a pumpkin, it's not going to look very toned, right? You need to have, well, maybe it will, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Terrible example. Um, but you need to have something that is hard enough and solid enough and, and has enough to be defined in terms of your muscle mass. And as a, and also you need to remove the body fat that is uh, hiding it in essence. So those are the two things that go hand in hand. For most people, they just need to lose a bit more body fat first, and then we can look at gaining muscle mass. But that means that we need to preserve as much muscle as we can and potentially gain some, which we'll talk about later. That means weight training at least three to four times a week, right? As a, as like a minimum, if you're just getting started, we've talked, I think we've talked about beginner training programs in like the, some of the first episodes of the podcast, where you can just, you can get away with doing some full body sessions or some real, um, you know, a couple of splits where folks on upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body, you just kind of get everything working a couple of times a week. That's going to retain as much muscle as possible. The deficit is going to take care of the body fat, right? We train in order to preserve and may, and gain muscle. We diet in order to lose fat. If you combine those two things, you're going to get shredded. You're going to maintain as much muscle as you've got. And if you don't have that much muscle, well, guess what? That's what the bulking plan is for. But that's the focus for the deficit. And most people, once you do that, in my perspective, um, you know, it's worth, even if your goal is not to then gain a bunch of muscle mass, you're happy with just getting to that point. It's worth having a coach and it's worth having someone to then, because most people will lose the body fat and they'll, or they'll just fucking, you know, they'll do the runs and the salads and they'll wonder why they're skinny fat. And then they'll go, well, now what? Right. I've, I've lost all this weight. I've done all this stuff. I've gotten the result. I've gotten down to the, to the abs and now what? And then they don't have a plan. And this is the biggest thing that lets guys down. This is the biggest thing that lets everyone down. But specifically, guys, when you get to that point where you've got the result and you ask yourself, now what? What what, what do I do now? I just I either eat like I'm on a deficit, which, you know, towards the tail end of a deficit can be pretty hardcore and can be pretty, you know, it, you're, it's a finite thing. You're not trying to do this forever. A lot of people jump onto a program like, oh, do I have to eat fucking chicken breast and rice and broccoli forever? Well, it's like, well, first of all, you don't have to eat it in the first place. But second of all, no, not forever. Those more protein focused, more lean meals do have to be you know, incorporated for quite a period of time. Once you've got the result, then I would say, look at doing a maintenance phase so you don't rebound. So you don't go crazy and go, oh, I've heard about this thing called fucking turbo bulking. I'm going to get three pizzas and order KFC and have, you know, the rocks cheat meal for breakfast with pancakes and French toast and shit. It's like, you're not the rock. You're not blasting as much gear as the rock. You're not training as hard as the rock. Don't fucking emulate that shit. But that's where I feel like for most people, a maintenance phase, that's like what should be their first visit at a maintenance phase is post cut and for to find a maintenance phase very very simple right the simplest way to find your maintenance calories right again because we're continuing to track during this period we don't just go to intuitive eating from a cut reason why is because your hunger hormones are out of whack you're feeling restricted you haven't had the psychologically you haven't had the freedom to kind of pick what you want so if you give yourself that intuitive eating your body's gonna be like i want fucking cookies because i haven't had them for 12 16 weeks so 
find the, whatever the amount of weight you've been losing on average, if it's been about 500 grams, if it's been about a kilo up until that point, then you can realistically look and say, well, if I've been losing on average 500 grams a week, then as Trav said, I must be in about a 3,500 calorie deficit a week. So if you increase your weekly calories by about 3,500 calories, so what's that like about 70, uh, oh no, 70 is like 60 calories or so a week, um, 50, 60 calories, I think, no, not a week, sorry. What I'm trying to, no. Where's your math going, mate? My math, my maths is uh, honestly. I used to be really good at mental maths. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't, if, you wouldn't, if, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know you, it by if looking if at eating, me. If you're eating about sixteen hundred uh, calories a day, then uh, you'd go up to about two thousand, two thousand one hundred a day. Yeah, four hundred, four times seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Five times seven, five hundred calories. <laughs> five hundred. Actually, I had the math, the maths in my head. It is actually five hundred calories a day. It's a very simple equation. Um, guys, trust me. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. So if you, you're essentially you look look if you're in a thirty five hundred a week calorie a week deficit, I said I think I said fifty initially. Five hundred calories a day. You can realistically add on, and then again continue to track your weight. Continue to track your progress that should put you you know somewhere in the vicinity of maintenance and mm. after if after about two weeks you've still maintained your weight cool you're in the maintenance period i would hold that for at least a good sort of three weeks purely from the fact of getting used to what what does this look like for me right what what does this lifestyle look like in terms of maintaining these results because if you don't your body will naturally want to rebound and um and regain the some of the weight that it's lost because it's gotten so comfortable at that point it's what a lot of people call the body fat set point which is um you know, your hunger will want to you you've been essentially quote unquote starving yourself for 12 to 16 weeks your body wants to get back up there so you need to have control and you need to have a plan for when you finish your cut I think that's the biggest thing. It's like um, you, you, you need to have a plan. There's two different ways of doing it. Just like Jay said then, you can go, okay, well, if I've lost half a kilo a week over the last couple of weeks and if I, that means I'm in a 3,500-calorie deficit, so I increase by 500 calories a day. Or you can go into more of a reverse dieting period, which I, I typically like a lot of the time with newer people into mm. like beginners and novices and intermediates because what we're doing then is we're still focusing on a circumference measurement around the abdomen. And this is what I really look at um, with this. So we'll increase. So say you're eating 1500 calories a day, we'll increase next week by like 5% um, to 10%, like somewhere in that ballpark. So, you know, we'll go up to 1600 calories a day for the next week. And then is our mid midsection measurement still holding? Yes. Okay. Next week we'll go 1700. Next week we'll go 1800. Now if a midsection blows out by a centimeter, and then I'll hold that for two weeks instead of one week until we sort of find that kind of maintenance area where it's like, hey, I'm starting to actually gain and my midsection starting to blow out. It's like, okay, well, now you're in a, you're in a small uh, surplus. We can come back down into our maintenance because you, what a lot of people do do incorrectly is like, oh, I'll just go back to my previous maintenance like I was at the start. I was like, no, you're, you're 15 kilos lighter. What was your maintenance at 100 kilos is not your maintenance at 85 kilos. It's two completely different maintenance. A smaller person burn, burns less calories on a daily basis. So you can either do the first option, go straight to maintenance. Know that your weight will spike straight away because you're going to have more food in your body. Okay, mm. you're going to have you be glycogen full rather than glycogen depleted, which is like your body's full of carbohydrates. So don't be scared about that. I think that's a big thing. Um, and or you can go into a small reverse diet. Don't really stress too much about your weight in the first like three to four weeks. If you're doing a reverse diet, you just want to, it will slowly creep up a little bit, but I generally look at that belly button midsection measurement with guys um, and making sure we're somewhat maintaining within one centimeter on that sort of first four weeks of a reverse diet. And then we can go, okay, now we're moving and we're at maintenance. We can sort of, we can hold, 
reset my body fat set point if we're tracking for the next sort of four to six months. And remember, guys, after that, if you don't want to gain, you don't want to cut, keep tracking your body weight. Oh, that's obsessive. It's like, no, the studies show the people that keep a monitor of their weight are less likely to put their weight back on because mm. it's just a data point. You're like, oh, I put on two kilos. I can just eat a little bit less for the next two days and I'm just going to be back in line. And it's like, you'll get to that period. And I think that's a really, like people... Um, when they've been tracking for a longer period of time, they go, oh, no, I don't want to um, do my weight anymore. It's like, no, keep doing your weight. It's important. Just like it's still important to look at your bank account after you've bought your house. Um, mm. Like, it's important. Um, if not, but I've, lose- I've already made my money, Trev. Why do I have to look at my account again? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, you, you, you save for a deposit for your house. You still got to pay your mortgage. If not, you lose your house. It's like, yeah. you've lost your weight. Um, you still got to look at your, your calories and your weight because if not, you're going to lose your body and you're going to be fat again like we don't well, want that to happen this is how a lot of guys got fat enough this is the the theme i've i've, I've seen time and time again sell a lot of guys got fat in the first place it's not uh three weeks of fucking partying and drinking and eating that gets you there no it's over the course of a year you eat at maintenance but then there's those you know every week maybe there's a barbecue maybe there's you know the christmas period comes up and you have a couple of extra drinks and you start to get a little bit loosey-goosey with it and if you don't and we've talked about this before if you don't have a handle on it if you don't have a rain on it then it it takes time it's a slow burn it's a death by a thousand cuts but you get two kilos a year next year two kilos a year guess what Five years passes, those of you kids as well, which should be most of you, um, you know, Fit Dad Club podcast. Uh, it's not the Fit Bachelors Club podcast. That's, uh, that's every other one. Um, that's, that's 10 kilos in five years. And guess what? Five years passes quickly. You're back where you fucking started because you just let it get out of control. So if you weigh in, it doesn't have to be daily, but you know, every other day, you don't even have to fucking like log it necessarily. But if you know, hey, my uh, my happy point is like you know 85 kilos 86 kilos then you know if you start creeping up towards sort of 88 consistently not just you know after a big night then you're like all right i've been a little bit loosey-goosey with it i can bring it back down a bit. and then you don't have to go on the long extended cut like you you circumvent the need to do a big deficit by just being aware of your weight and the to there are going to be people that who like weighing themselves is going to be triggering. It's going to be an issue because they've got there's yeah. some emotional issues attached to it. Those often aren't going to be the people that have been naturally blowing out to 140 kilos to 130 kilos. So now there's a, there's a guy I watch on YouTube. He's uh, he does like financial, um, like basically for millennials, people who have no, fucking no idea about money. And they're just like, Oh, he's like, why are you going to Taco Bell three times a day? That, that sort of shit. Right. Um, he has a saying, he's like, you are not a credit card person right? And for the people who have credit cards and just spend shit on it and don't ever pay it off. It's like, that's not you. You're not a credit card person. Just accept that. And there are going to be some dads out there. It's like, you are not a intuitive eating person, right? You are not a person who can take their finger off the pulse of your, you know, you tracking your weight of you having an awareness of what you're eating. Obviously increasing your nutrition IQ will come with that, but you might not be the person who can go without at least maybe once a week checking in on the scale to be like, oh shit, I didn't realize that my intuitive eating was actually a slow bulk, right? And if yeah. you're not training hard enough during that period, then yeah, you're not going to be putting that, any of that uh, extra energy to use, which is like, that's the other point with the reverse diet is making sure that you are still hitting the gym. You're using the extra fuel you're putting in for a purpose. You're not just using it to take some time off. You're still increasing and keeping your expenditure high. Like a lot of people kind of want to rain, be like, oh, I can stop going for walks and all that sort of stuff now. It's like, well, that's the problem. You stop going for walks. You stop training as hard because you're off the cut 
and then you start eating more, it's like, well, you've artificially put yourself above maintenance. Now you're into a surplus. And then you're like, oh, Trav said I'd gain a bit of weight in the first couple of weeks. That's fine. And then that first couple of weeks keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. A hundred percent, mate. And remember, this is the Fit Dad podcast, not the, uh, you know, Fit Dad Die of Heart Disease Not Fit podcast. So we still want to be doing some cardio and um, yep. getting our walks in. Do so, some runs no, like me. Exactly, exactly. But I think when we don't look at our weight, because we've had a couple of big weekends, you know, the only reason why we don't want to look at our weight because we don't want to know what it says. At the end of the day, we don't want to know the damage. And you may as well then go live in Egypt and hang out on the River Denial. So, like, it's, I was wondering. Dad, I thought you were going to say something about bur burying your head in the sand. I didn't know where you were going, but I like it. Yeah, so Denial's like, not just a river in Egypt. No, exactly. It's when you don't look at the weight. So I was like, it's my dad joke for the day. Um, so with this guys, we don't want to be in denial. We want to like own it and go, okay, well I put on two kilos. Like I just need to hone my nutrition over the next couple of days or the next seven days. And I'm good. So mm -hmm. when we look at this, we've got to be tracking it. We're going into a reverse diet. We're going to a maintenance. Like we can go into a bulking phase. I just want to, cause a lot of people do this so wrong. Um, we need to track in a, in a bulking phase. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, Jace has talked about in the past, um, like, I think I don't like the word bulk. I hate mm -hmm. it, right? Because like I don't like the visual representation of it. I like to call it a, a lean mass gain or a lean muscle gain phase, um, because that's what I we're like trying surplus. to do. Yeah, it's like or or we're going into a calorie a, a minor calorie surplus. Um, so with this, because we're trying to minimize fat gain. This isn't like, hey, let's eat all the food we can, and you know, like that's what's going to just fuel my muscles to grow. It's like, no, we want to eat as little as possible above maintenance to maximize muscle gain and minimize fat gain. Like that's literally the focus of a lean mass gain um, or a small calorie surplus, which really is about 5% above maintenance calories. And that's what you're looking at. So again, we're tracking our calories. We want to start gaining lean mass. We increase calories by about 5% per day. And then, you know, we start to put on weight. Now your metabolism, as you gain weight, also your metabolism will increase. So then you keep tracking. Am I increasing my weight? Now to know if your calories are on points, when we're looking at a lean mass gaining phase, if you're a beginner, we want to increase our total body weight by about 2% per month. So now we're talking months, not weeks. Okay, by about 2% per month. If you're like a novice and you've been training for a while, about 1.5% per month. And if you're like an intermediate trainer, then about 1% per month. I don't think there's going to be too many advanced guys listening to this podcast because they're probably, you know, think they're jacked as hell. Um, so, you know, they can listen to the jacked as hell podcast. It's a fit dad podcast. So um, with, with this guy, so if we're somewhere in between there, and if you think you're an advanced, trust me, you're not, you're an intermediate. Um, yeah. so with this, I'm an intermediate. I've been training for like <laughs> 10 years. I'm barely intermediate. <laughs> exactly. I'm an intermediate. Right. So yeah. it's like, um, so that means guys, just to put it this, cause you're like, Oh, you're saying all these numbers. I don't understand. Like I wouldn't understand either. Um, 90 kilo, you wait, you just finished your cut. You weigh 90 kilos. You're going into a lean mass gain phase. If you're a beginner, that means you're only gaining 1.8 kilos per month. Okay. So it's like 450 grams a week. Novice, you're going to be gaining 1.35 kilos per month. If you're an intermediate, gaining, gaining 900 grams per month. So it's not much. And you'll get about 60%, 50 to 60% of that is lean muscle gain. 40% is going to, 40 to 50% is going to be fat gain. So you are going to gain fat in a bulk. 
okay, or in a lean mass gain. But we minimize it by putting our focus on just a small calorie surplus. And if we're not gaining at that rate, we can increase the calories another 5%. If we're gaining, if we're gaining too fast, we can decrease calories slightly. So then if we're going into a calorie surplus and lean mass gain phase, we don't want to do it too early. Okay, because we want to be going into a, a, a gaining phase for about four months at a time, right? Because it's 16 weeks. Now, if we're putting on about, again, say 600 grams of fat per month, that means over that four months, you're putting on about two and a half kilos of fat mass and you're putting on about two and a half kilos of lean muscle mass. Okay, so you're like only two and a half kilos lean muscle mass. Well, it is still a fair amount. If you're lean, it looks like a lot. If you're fat, you chose to bulk too early, right? Like, it's just like, and this is the problem. It's like, oh, I feel like I'm getting too skinny. It's like, no, dude, you, you're not lean enough to go on a bulk yet. I don't care if your wife says you're skinny, your mate says you're skinny. They're just taking the piss out of you. Like, that's what we do as humans, as Australians. So you just need to ignore them. If I can't see your abs, we're not ready for a bulk, right? We're just not ready to gain mass. Because when we look at it, your fat mass will keep going up. And if you start to go into a lean mass gain too early, you're not going to be able to go into a gaining phase for a four month period of time. You probably go two months and you'll start to feel uncomfortable because you're starting mm -hmm. to put too much fat on again and you start to get, oh, I need to look, I, I, I'm not happy with myself as far as the amount of fat I'm carrying. So then we go into another cut and we're not, we're not actually maximizing our gaining phases. So if you do it too early, you're not going to maximize it. You're constantly chopping and um, churning. But like me and Jace have talked in the past, like with him, it's like, dude, go for four months, you know, cut for one month, go for four months, cut for one month. Cause it's quite easily, Jace, you've lost in the last four weeks, um, about three kilos, right? Yeah. About, about three and a half kilos I've lost so yeah, about, far. About three and a half kilos. So, you know, when we're looking at this, you can gain for four months, you do a diet, to you know, drop that excess fat you put on over the four months for one month. Then you go again for another four months. And then every four months, you're going to put on two and a half kilos. You drop the excess two and a half kilos of the month of cutting. And then you go again and you're slowly kind of wave loading your lean mass gain. And over the course of a year, okay, a year, we've put on five kilos of lean mass. We've held, maintained a good level of body fat. And if you think about it, like a kilo of I feel it, steak, it ends up being quite good. And if you're training properly, you're putting a kilo of eye fillet on your shoulder, putting a kilo of eye fillet on your pec, you're putting a kilo of eye fillet on your ass. Like, you know, you start to actually pad out. And if you're lean, you look bigger anyway. That's why I always say it's like cut down to you see at least the top four abs um, because we know that we're going to maximize the next four months in a, a mass gaining phase and you're not going to feel too uncomfortable with an extra two and a half kilos of fat on you. Yeah, it's it is the reason why this and look, there's there's science that says sort of different directions when it comes to, you know, how much fat should you gain and can you gain and still maximize muscle mass, but there's a big psychological element to this. And for a lot of guys, the reason why they spin their wheels is because cut feel too skinny, feel too small. So I put go back to bulking. Bulk, feel too pudgy, feel too unfit, go back to cut, right? Like they'll just constantly fucking flitter between those two. To put on muscle mass, it takes a lot of focus and a lot of effort and a lot of intensity, especially in the gym, right? In order for you to, because you need to progress pretty much week in, week out in order for you to grow. You need to, and you know, with the exception of deload weeks, you need to push it 
right? And you also need to just, you, you can't be fucking YOLO mode on it, right? Like a lot of people are like, oh, fuck it. I thought bulking was when you could kind of let go and whatever. It's like a lot of people associate tracking calories and tracking macros with, you know, oh, it's painful and it's annoying and it's this and that. It's only painful and annoying when you're fucking restricted, right? Yeah. And when you're you know, eating 1600 calories, or 1800 calories or whatever, right? When you're in that mode, yes, it's annoying because it's like, oh, I can't fit in the cheesecake. I can't fit in the, the beers or whatever. And it's like, no, well, when you're in a surplus, guess what? It becomes about like, it becomes annoying because you're like, fuck, I've got to eat all this food. And then you, you, your perspective uh, shifts. You're like, oh shit, I haven't eaten much by midday. I fucking got to get a big meal in. Um, so the, the muscle gain phase that you're going on needs to be, you know, if you do start from a leaner point, then psychologically you feel a lot better because your body fat percentage doesn't, it, you know, your body fat, like the weight goes up, but your body fat percentage doesn't go up quite as high because you started from a leaner place and then you feel better in that journey. But if you are serious about gaining lean muscle mass, you have to accept that fat mass is going to come with it. And you have to accept that if you want to maximize it, you do need to spend a good chunk of your year. This is like, you know, 80% of your year in a surplus in a focused and purposeful because it takes time for your body to get into, you know, especially from a long cut, get into muscle building mode and really sort of, you know, maximize the pathways of muscle protein synthesis of hypertrophy because it's been um, depleted for so long. It does take time to get into that mode. So maybe even for your first uh, muscle gain phase, you know, as you're reverse dieting up, I'd give yourself, you know, you're getting to that point of maintenance and you find that small surplus and you give yourself maybe a bit more than four months potentially just to kind of, if you're still making gains in the gym and you're happy with the way you're looking, then keep going, right? You're still making gains, uh, meaningful progress. If you start to plateau, right, or you start to lose motivation in the gym, or you start like your 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 strength gains have kind of you know petered out, or go for a deload, maybe take a shortcut, you know, drop some of that body fat. You can go a bit more hardcore, like Trav does from time to time, and do you know twelve hundred calories and you know two hundred grams of protein just super, and just. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can do that. A very aggressive, yeah. uh, a very aggressive cut. Your body doesn't know what hit it. You feel lighter. You feel you, you know, you you stoke your hunger again. You're like, oh, it's like one of the things that I heard shared with me, which was pretty cool, was like the idea of if you stop, um, if, if you start like not feeling hungry anymore, as you start to like, like really like, oh my god, like eating has become a chore. It might be a good psychological time to go for a cut. Um, but you know, I didn't reach that point. I was about six months eating in a small surplus. I didn't really reach that point. And that's the problem because most people go fucking super all out. Oh, I'm going to eat these massive meals before every workout and after every workout. It's like, well, no wonder you, you know, you hit the point of hunger saturation so early because you're like, oh, fuck, this is too much because it is too much. So it's a slight surplus. It is tracked and it's monitored. But the, the bigger aspect of this, and this is the whole reason why I went on a mini cut was because I hurt my back. So I couldn't train hard. And if you can't train hard, don't fucking eat hard. That is, there's Jason's words of wisdom. That's why I gained 30 kilos of fat and then had to lose it all for the next two years because I bulked like I was training hard, but I wasn't training at all. And that's not, that's just called getting fat. It's not, uh, I call, I use my little words. Oh, but I'm, you know, massing. No, I'm not, I am massing, massing fat. I'm going for the sumo wrestler championship. Um, but that's, that's the focus. If you are on a mass phase, you've got to be, progressing progressive overload with your training week in week out like there's got to be meaningful progress whether it's form and like hitting a better depth and better uh tempo on your reps whether it's more reps whether it's more weight or whether it's you know more sets there's got to be an increase of volume in some capacity because otherwise you're not giving your muscles a new stimulus to actually want to grow so that's the two kind of things that go hand in hand with bulking it's got to, you got to be willing to train hard and you got to i would say you've arguably got to dedicate more time and effort to your training on a bulk than you do on a cut because on a cut, you can get away with like 
trying to hit the same reps each week. You can get away with, you know, just getting a stimulus in and being like, fuck, I'm exhausted because I'm not eating much. Cool. Well, guess what? You still stimulated the muscle. You did something that was, you know, it's better than nothing. Whereas in a bulk, like phoning in a third of your sessions is, is going to result in really subpar results. A hundred percent, man. And I think when we're looking at this, a couple of things, um, I just want to touch on before we talk about, um, the training side, just a little bit more. Mm. Like, guys, if you can't decide whether you can cut, whether you should cut or bulk, it probably means you should cut, right? Because, like, you know if you need to bulk. Yeah. Trust me. Because you're like, oh, fuck, I'm shredded. Okay, cool. Time to bulk. <laughs> Time to bulk. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can see my dick again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, you know, you know, if you can't decide, then it's like, basically, can I see some abs? Yep. Then let's go for a bulk. It's not that I'm feeling skinny. It's like, like I hate that word with guys. Um, mm. You're not skinny. You're either lean or you're fat. Okay, so um, we either, you know, if you, if you can't see some of your abs, it's probably the clearest definition. If you've got a six pack, you're gonna be seeing around ten percent body fat, right? It just is what it is. That's you know, a just very broad guideline for us for us to go by. Now with this, if you're getting there you can bulk. And then we sort of bulk between 10% up to 16% body fat. If you're not doing your scans, it doesn't matter. I can tell you on a visual representation. If you send me your photos, just make sure you get your pants on when you send them to me. Um, yep. and, no pubes hanging out, please. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and then, or you can Google it. It's like photo, visual representation of body fats. Google that and you can show some stuff. Um, but it's like, if you're at 10, 10 to 12%, you can go into a bulk. If you're above 16%, I always suggest you should cut. If not, you're just going to feel too fat um, during the process. So that's what we sort of look at with that. Um, if you're also like some, there's people out there is just skinny fat. Okay. Mm. So it's like, they've got like leaner limbs, except they've got a pot belly. And they're like, oh, I don't need to lose weight. I just need to lose your gut. And that's what like, a lot of people say to us. It's like, dude, no, you you have bought high amounts of body fat, okay? Now, this is even worse because you're more in line for dyslipidemia, which is like heart disease. <laughs> like there's, there's other issues with being skinny fat because we need muscle mass on our body. So, you know, what should you do if you're skinny fat? Or so, well, you know, if we go into a bulk, your gut's going to get bigger. So you still need to lose weight. You still need to lose fat. So what happens is you're going to go into a cut. You might feel a little bit, you know, inverted commas skinny. I'm going to call it lean. You might feel a bit skinny for the, for the time being. But you have to feel that to drop your gut to then go into a progressive um, lean mass gain phase for the next eight months. You have to get to the point of, I feel a bit skinny for those types of guys to start with, to then focus on gaining lean mass to make sure we're not putting more and more fat on our gut. So if you're all skinny fat, you've got to go on a cut first. Let's get you a bit shredded. And then we can go into a meaningful lean mass gain phase. So you are going to focus on making sure you're getting jacked and lean at the same time inside your constraints, guys. Because obviously, yes, we are dads. Now, mm. with this, okay, how should we train if I'm trying to be in a cut? And how should I be training if I'm trying to, you know, get, get, get some lean mass? And when I'm looking at it, your training is basically the same. Okay. Like Jay I was going to go exactly the fucking same. It's exactly the same, right? Like, you know, when we're in a calorie deficit, Jay said before, we train to preserve muscle mass. We diet to lose fat. And we're in a bulk. We train to gain muscle mass. We diet to gain the weight. <laughs> like, so it's like, all it is, is calories going up, calories going down. 
when we're training in a cut or we're training in a mass game phase, we're always training between one to two reps for failure because that's where we're getting that sort of stimulus um, for lean mass game. We need to focus on making sure we're in it when we're in our bulk. We focus on our recovery. We're, you know, these other factors. Are we sleeping enough? Are we hydrated? Are we getting enough protein? We can look at protein timing um, and carbohydrate timing. You know, that's okay. But when we're looking at this, our training generally will stay the same. I will always incorporate some cardio for my guys because I don't want them to not be fit because they are dads. And remember, our goal in life is to dominate our children as long as we can as dads, just so they know that they haven't got one over that's, on us. That's the um, new ethos for the, the Fit Dads Club, is that to dominate our yeah. kids as long as possible. <laughs> so, the Fit Dads Club, where we dominate our kids. Um, so um, your goal is to maintain your cardiovascular fitness because that's important. Like it is, so we have a bit of cardio and we're just focusing on getting progressively stronger. Now, when we're looking at this, doesn't mean like your total volume is always going to go up, but we're always going to push it like an extra rep or a little bit of weight. If you can't put a little bit more weight, do an extra rep, do an extra set. Um, so that's what we're going to be focusing on with our training either way. Now, your strength will go up when you're in a lean mass gain phase, purely because you're eating more calories. Your body has more fuel in its system. You have more carbohydrates. You have more glycogen. You're probably going to be taking some creatine either way, but you're going to get more strength gains there, which is awesome. And you start to feel better in the gym. You probably get less injuries because you are eating more calories as well because your body's not cannibalizing itself on a daily basis, right? Like if you're in a cut, you remember, you're cannibalizing your body. You're breaking down tissue. You're not going to feel as strong and that's okay. In a, in a lean mass gain phase, you're going to be like, oh, I feel juicy. I feel swole because I've got glycogen in my muscle mass and my, inside my muscles and you feel pumped from your workout. So I think that's a good thing to understand as well. Mm, 100%. The, there's the idea, I think um, it's probably worth touching on as well as the, the idea of the recomp, especially just touching on the skinny fat guys. A lot of them will mm. think of the idea of a recomp as sexy, right? Now, recompositioning, as we talked about, is dropping body fat and gaining muscle at the same time. And it is only really viable for a couple of people. Number one, complete brand new trainees where the stimulus of lifting weights and the novel stimulus of lifting weights is enough for their body to signal to grow muscle without an abundance of extra calories. Basically, and you know, for most people that will they'll pull, still pull the calories from your diet and also from your body fat, which is why novice trainees who are in a, who are extremely overweight tend to be the people who are the ones that will recomposition the best. They'll be the people that can actually do both because their body has extra calories to kind of pull from for the day-to-day -day functioning. And then it can take the extra calories from the diet and use that. And it's like they're, they're, the novel stimulus and their excess body fat is enough for them to lose weight and gain some muscle mass, lose body fat and gain muscle mass at the same time. It is a temporary and slow process and it shouldn't be necessarily the goal, but it is a thing that I have seen happen with a bunch of our guys that's come to us and have never trained before. They start on a pretty decent program, right? If I do say so myself. And um, and uh, and they'll get results that way. And that is that is a good thing. This is why you have more than just the weight measurement. You start to look at um, measurements around the belly button. You start to look at measurements. Like I've got a guy, I guess a real example of this, I've got a client who has lost one of his legs, right, from just above the knee. And uh, for years, he was you know not walking around. He was in a wheelchair until he got a proper prosthetic fitted and then now he's like tell me he's like i've walked more in the last six weeks than i have in the last six years um but his weight hasn't changed all that much and it's like well you are regaining a hell of a lot of lost muscle mass in your leg 
uh, in your like glute and in your other leg that's been not being used and he's seeing the physio and he's doing exercises with them and all the other things, the photos, the measurements, he's lost two centimeters over his abdomen in the last week and a half. It's like, this is a, an indicator that we are in that place. So there are plenty of circumstances where people re, will recomposition. If you've lost a hell of a lot of muscle mass after being, you know, relatively muscular when you were younger and then not training for a number of years, you can kind of get that effect back. But it is a very minor thing that shouldn't be something that most people should aim for unless you are like a brand new trainee and you've got a plenty of fat to lose yet yeah, it'll kind of happen naturally um, but if you are someone who is skinny fat and you've got this idea in your head of i'm going to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time you might buy like a tiny bit but the focus should be on being in a deficit and if you happen to gain you happen to gain that's kind of that's at least my mentality around the idea of, uh, of recomposition yeah, mate, I completely agree with you. And generally, like, you know, some of my clients that come in sometimes that don't carry too much fat, I'll ask them, it's like, you know, do you want to, like a body recomp is more of an unsexy, slow approach. It's like, are you happy to be kind of unmotivated by the visual changes, but you will change over 16 weeks, but you'll be unmotivated on the weekly basis? Or would you rather be like super motivated, just drop some fat and over the next six weeks get shredded um, or essentially lock, drop like four or five kilos of body fat, we'll go into a deficit and then we go into a lean mass gain phase. Like which one's better for you? What would mm. you like to do as far as your motivation levels? And I think when people then can own that decision themselves it's like dude you've chosen like and one of my boys did chose a recomp and like you know over 16 weeks dude massive difference in muscle gain massive difference in fat gain but like you know if you look at his photos like fortnightly it's like not much changes at all mm. um and he was just happy to go no nah, well, i don't want to diet too hard but i'm happy to lift like an animal um and and you know eat a little bit more calories and i was like okay let's do it so i think if you understand that like that's a crucial as well mm. you have to zoom out on visual representation of changes in a in a body recomp phase also so yeah. yeah i think for most people i remember it was a quote i actually first heard from you which was the man who chases two rabbits catches neither and mm. that's the approach that most people tend to take in health and fitness right and it's it's yeah when it comes to gaining the muscle and losing the fat it's like if someone tries to really hard to do both at the same time without accepting the sort of the the slower progress then you're going to crash and burn and you're going to burn out and you're not going to feel motivated it's the same thing with your style of training as well when you are training to gain lean muscle mass you're not going to be training for a marathon at the same time or at least you shouldn't be to maximize your results right the 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 phases of your training need to be specific to what your goals are and for gaining muscle mass, that might mean you don't get to do as many sexy things. That must that is going to be, you know, what is the you know, what is the best response I get from my chest on which machine, right? You're not going to be doing um, sprints and sled pushes and that kind of stuff. You're going to be probably more so doing, you know, your your, your inclined chest presses and then your flies to isolate your chest to get you know a real good stimulus in there and your bicep curls and your overhead tricep extensions and stuff. You're going to be doing a little bit more machine work because, as I found out doing a hell of a lot of compound work fucking beats you up over time and doing a hell of a lot of compound work. Like I was doing an, a heavy, I was doing, I would go with a heavy set to failure. Then I'll do a light set to failure, like within one to two reps of failure, um, depending on how I was feeling on the day, but most of the time to failure. And then I would be doing like bent over rows and then a bench press and then an incline barbell press. And it's like, all of that requires a hell of a lot of stabilizing muscles. It requires a lot of work from the joints. And it's like, 
by the end of this, I was like, I was sent my central nervous system. This is the other factor when it comes to training for a bulk, your central nervous system takes a hell of a lot more of a hit because you are progressively overloaded and you're pushing your limits. And that fatigue builds up over time to the point where eventually every, you know, between sort of four and eight weeks, depends on how hard you're pushing it, you'll need a deload. You'll need to take a week where you drop down your volume and the amount of intensity you're putting into your sessions by like, you know, 50, 60% to really let your body recover. So you really got to be in tune with your body and notice, well, if I'm not able to push any further on you know from week to week maybe i need to take a deload before i can get back into it because my body's kind of at its capacity so you've got to remember that your goal is your goal so if your goal is to gain lean muscle mass then it's it, as Travis said there's fucking so many factors around it we could go into around sleep and hydration and um carbon protein timing and all that kind of stuff like the big the big one is sleep and stress right try not to um stress too much as best you can involve some meditation um get good night's sleep as best you can those are the main things and then as long as you're eating and your hydration is on point the timing of meals isn't going to be huge as long as you're not doing fucking one meal a day style thing where you try to eat 2500 calories in one meal at the end of the day that's probably not optimal um but your your goal is your goal don't try and do like i'm going to still on this bulk i'm going to call on this uh, lean mass phase that's part of my english um i'm going to uh definitely focus in on improving my running a little bit, not necessarily trying to, you know, with the goal of running, you know, four minute kilometers, but with the goal of extra cardio, like the heart is a muscle too. You know, I want to bulk that up too and get that nice and strong. But it's been shown to help recovery capacity when it comes to your training. It's been shown to, you know, obviously improve your health. Like I'm not trying to uh, improve that area in some crazy amount of way. I'm just trying to get that up to baseline and up to the point where I'm not puffed after running for, you know, a kilometer or two. So I want to be able to get that up. So that's not necessarily trying to crazily grow that area, but yeah, there are a couple of other areas that you can have kind of on maintenance as you grow your muscle mass, but that's going to be your main focus. 100% 100% mate and I think the last thing before we sort of switch off today guys is you know the maintenance periods right so if you got like 30 kilos to lose just so we understand you're probably not going to diet for you know 40 weeks straight okay that's when we look at um, you know you just one be eating too few calories and too psychologically burnt out and probably injured so when we're looking at this we probably diet for like 16 to 18 weeks um, and then go into a maintenance phase just to give you psychologically a bit of a break and physiologically a bit of a break from that stress of dieting on you then you can eat a little bit more you're still training you're still feeling good and then we go back into a dieting phase so I think maintenance phases aren't just for the end of everything just so we all understand this it's like we diet We've got more, we lose 14 kilos, 15 kilos. We go into maintenance for a couple of weeks. Psychologically, um, we're getting better. Physiologically, we're training harder because we're eating more calories. Then we diet again for the next sort of 12 weeks. Okay, cool. We lost our 30 kilos now and we go back into maintenance. And maybe you might even diet again for another four weeks. I I don't know. Everyone is individual. I think that's the biggest thing. And And this is the last thing for fucking Terry Troll out there on the internet. Okay, we have to understand if someone's eating 2,400 calories, that could be a bulk for them because you don't know the circumstance. If someone's eating 1,600 calories, that also could be a cut for them for a fully grown male, not just your fucking grandma. So when we have to understand this, guys, everyone has a different circumstance and I hate it when we start to give people advice when we don't understand their context. You don't know their life. You don't know their background. You don't know how much lean muscle mass. You don't know how many steps they're having. You don't know how many times they shit in a day. But you're out there saying you are eating too less or you're eating too much just because you're a fucking tradie who walks 25,000 steps a day and hasn't got any constraints in your life. You don't have kids. You're trained for three hours in the gym and you love your fucking bicep curls. So you want to tell someone else advice because you think you're a fucking hero. 
So guys, if anyone is out there trolling anyone, like pull your fucking head in and do something else other than just annoying people on the internet, there's a thing what you can do is just scroll past it. No one asked for your advice. We're trying to educate other people out here and trying to do a service for the community. So your cut calories, your bulk calories are your calories, no one else's. That's why I hate the day on a plate because people think they should follow. I like context. This is my my day on a plate, relevant to me, relevant to my circumstance, relevant to my activity levels. You don't know if they're doing 3,000 steps a day. They might be on a cut and that's what their steps are doing because that's their constraints because they're a fucking dad, right? And they've got a job and they're trying to look after kids, maybe like whatever they're doing. You don't know what they are doing, guys. You don't know their tracking history. So stop giving unsolicited advice. If I want your advice, I'll probably have your phone number in my, in your, your number in my phone. If I don't, I don't fucking want it. Okay, guys. So I know that was a bit of a rant, but it's something I need to say because it shits me to tears. Terry Troll out there just going off his head and people will be, oh, but you know, you're putting stuff on the internet, so you should get trolled. It's like, dude, I don't get trolled. I, don't, I actually don't care. But for everyone else out that gets trolled, people tell me I'm fucking bald. I don't care. People tell me I'm fat. People tell me my calves are too big. It's like, dude, like I've got uh, my calves are too big. That's, that's, that's not a problem. That's not a problem. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. But like on the ads, like, that guy has abnormally large calves. What's wrong with him? It's like, dude, I don't know. But I, I, I think it's first, that's a first world problem. Uh, yeah. Going to treat these there. calves like my kids and <laughs> raise them. Yeah, exactly. So, I like that. It's a good dad joke. <laughs> but it's like, guys, it's like, you know, just, you know, yes, we're putting things out there for the internet. Yes, that might have seemed a bit fiery, but I like to get fired up on a podcast now and then. I don't think I did on this podcast yet. So no, everyone it, out there, that was your tune. Yeah, well, it's, it's passion, right? It's the same thing. It's yeah, like it's when a, you get really stuck into it, it's, it's passion for the subject, but it's also passion for dads out there who might see some guys being like just some fucking meathead out there like, oh, bro, that's fucking way too few calories. You're just you're eating like a little girl or whatever. And then it's like then the guy, then there will be dads out there that will see that and then go, oh, fuck, am I eating oh. too little? Is, is this not enough? Should I be eating fucking 4,000 calories on a bulk like, you know, this guy who fucking hikes every day and then goes and spends, yeah, two and a half hours in the gym and, and you know, has been doing this for the last fucking 10 years? No, no. Find it's- yours. And it, I did a post on this not that long ago where it was like, if you want to find your maintenance calories or your cut calories, your bulk calories, track your weight, track your food. If you're losing weight, you're in a fucking deficit. It doesn't matter what anyone says. If you have not lost weight, and this is the thing, people, oh, I'm eating, this guy said she ate two, I'm, I'm eating in a deficit. I even had a client the other day. I was like, I'm, I'm, oh, I was eating this much, but I wasn't losing weight. I'm like, cool. So you went in a deficit. Oh, that's oh right. yeah. Okay, that's it. You were just not in a fucking deficit. If you are not losing weight, you are not in a calorie deficit. That is as far as it needs to go. And if you are losing weight, you're in a deficit. Congratulations, right? The the magnitude yeah. of that deficit is the issue that most people have, right? Like don't diet down on 800 calories. We can pretty safely say that that's probably too little for most people. Again, unless you're in a coma or, and you have, you know, lost both your legs and both your arms, you've got a le- smaller body. Okay, cool. In that case, forgiveness. You probably only need 800 calories a day. But for everyone else out there, don't listen to people in the internet who give you definitive numbers. Find the number that works for you. And if you're struggling to find that number and stay accountable to that number, get a coach. Speaking of coaching, head to fit-dad.club. Exactly, guys. (laughs) So it's like you have so many things that impact deficit, lean mass, your heart carrying, medications you're taking, Mm. like they impact your metabolic rate, Um, unknown thyroid issues (laughs) because you don't get your blood done. Yeah, exactly. So like you you don't understand this stuff, guys. So, um, you know, and also overall activity levels. So please, again, you know, it's very simple. 
Are you losing weight? You're in a deficit. If you're not, you're not in the deficit. Okay, cool. Fine. Track your calories. Now go to fit-dad.club for us to help you close the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Because that's what we do on a daily basis. We help real dads get real results with real fucking programs and great conversations on the weekly basis on our coaching calls. So, um, you know, if you want to close the gap and you want some results and you want them guaranteed, we'll help you lose 10 kilos of fat in 20 weeks. That's guaranteed, guys. It is what it is. Um, if you haven't got guaranteed results in the past, that's what we do. Um, mm. Now, go there, sign up. Leave us a comment on the podcast, wherever you are. Comment, rate, review, share it with a friend. Um, if you want to hear my <laughs> weekly rants on these podcasts, tune in. You can go, when's Travis going to blow his mind? Well, it was just before. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> That means this week's real talk is probably going to be a bit more subdued. He got it. He, got, he, exactly. he let the, the, the pressure cooker steam vent. <laughs> exactly. It's gone. It's out. Yeah. But other than that, guys, that is it for today. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. And that is the Fit Dad Podcast. Cheers for that, Jace. And cheers Peace. for everyone listening. See you guys.